Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Planter Podcast where we talk about faith, growth, and lifestyle. So today I have another part of the series, Thou Shall Create, um, which is showing Christians that gifts aren't only in the four walls of the church, but can be exercised in ways that we could not even live it. Um, today I actually have an awesome guest. Um, she is the creator of Inner You Challenge and also pretty famous on Periscope as far as I'm concerned. So I would like to introduce <laughs> you all, Kelsey LeBomb. Oh, how wonderful that you said my last name right. That oh, I did? Sense. Yes, nobody says it right. So I was just waiting like, okay, if she messed it up, it's okay. I'm not going to say nothing because it gets chopped oh, pretty gosh. well. But you said it right. Okay, so, perfect, perfect. How do you people usually say it? I'm be here. Oh. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. That's I'm my heart. so happy that you actually want to be here. I appreciate yeah. you coming I on. I am all about colonizing the kingdom. Mm-hmm. All right, girl. All right. So I gave like a literally a very brief introduction to who you are, but do you mind filling in the rest of the gaps of who you are and yeah, who are you? Um, my name is Kelsey Lubon. I'm a 19-year-old psychology major. I go to Southern University. And um, I haven't always had interview or even the interview challenge. Like, it, it wasn't always, like, there. But so when I was, um, I grew up without my dad. Well, he came into my life when I was seven because he went to jail. So he came into my life when I was seven and I grew up not really knowing who he was. And I used to like disrespect him a lot. And it was like a hatred in my heart for him because it's like you left a teenager to raise a baby that y'all made together. And so it was a lot of like hate there. And so finally, like it's a whole documentary on YouTube if you want to watch it, whatever. You can watch it, but a lot had happened My uh, the summer going into my junior year, and I'll never forget it. August 2013, I gave my life to Christ for, like, officially the first time. Because you know how when you're young, you go to church, but it doesn't really, like, you go to church just to go because, like, your parents take you every Sunday. You don't go to church because, like, you want to go to church. That was me, so... I finally officially gave my life to Christ in 2013 and it was a really humbling experience. And so you can imagine like a little 16 year old giving her life to Christ. A lot is going to happen to her. Little did I know that my life was like going to change. I had a boyfriend. Life was great. When it got to my senior year in high school, I fell off really badly. And it wasn't so much like spiritually that I fell off. It was more like emotionally I fell off as regards to like my relationship with my boyfriend. And it started this never ending abuse cycle. And so when I got to college, 
the abuse kept happening. It wasn't like he was beating me. He was not beating me. It was more like verbal, mental, emotional, sexual. Well, I wouldn't even say sexual yet. But it was like those type of abuses. So I got to college, still on Twitter, saying my little five cent about God, still trying to. On June 14th, 2000, no, it was June 15th. June 15, 2015, I gave my life to Christ. I said I was going to stop playing with him on June 15th. I got saved in 2013, but I was still playing around with him. So in 2015, I was like, I'm going to stop. This was the summer going into my freshman year in college. I went to college. First semester was great. I didn't really fall as much. You know, everybody's like, we all sinned. So, of course, it was some things that I did that I shouldn't have. But I wasn't like, I didn't fall like it wasn't bad. So it got to January and I was with my dad all the time when I got to college because he lives in Baton Rouge. So we was together all the time and my stepmom left him. And so he ended up getting a divorce and it hit me hard, like just as hard as it hit him. And I went, I was just done at that point. So I turned to like Drinking, I got drunk a lot, a lot, maybe every weekend, give or take a weekend. I really like covered my pain with drinking. And during them drunken times, I got sexually abused, not knowing I wouldn't I wouldn't use the term rape. That's a very strong word in my vocabulary. But if you want to be technical, whatever. But. It's a real, it was a real problem. So on top of the mask of sexual abuse, I was still getting abused by my boyfriend, quote unquote. And so now I have issues that I have to deal with. So me and my boyfriend, we broke up in like April. So now it's May. I'm all alone. School is out. I have nobody to talk to. So I just was like, okay, God, I'm I'm done running. I'm I'm gonna do this for real. I really am. And so I did. And that is how Inner You came about in my sin. It came in my sin. So that's me. I was not like this girl that just fasted on her purpose and she got it. Like literally, God was like, I need something that'll hold you accountable. So let me give you this ministry that I know you're not going to mess up. It was kind of like he trusted me when I didn't need to be trusted. But he did it anyway because we're in covenant with each other. So that's Kelsey. Really. Wow. I wasn't. And Kelsey wants to be a marriage counselor. Why? I don't know. But Kelsey really... Kelsey like I'm not Kelsey I really have a passion for love and relationships so I'm going to spend the rest of my life building kingdom marriages and families that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life so now that's all about me that's me girl 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 wow I didn't expect that and I'm sure nobody here really expected that and all I can say is so I'm uh, I'm thankful that you shared your testimony and that you put yourself out there like that 
um yeah. i'm sure that was difficult but you know what i know that your testimony you're setting people free anyway so it's all for the glory of the kingdom so i'm so happy and i'm thankful that you shared that with us i'm happy that you shared that with us i'm happy i finally said it out loud yeah so it's a good thing it's God's good. good right wow oh wow but um all right girl let's get into it um i thank you for that so that's interesting thought though that you said that god gave you something that like in the moment you like it felt like you couldn't be trusted he still gave you something so obviously that means he's been calling you or has ordained you to do something for a very very long time and he's like no i don't want anybody else to do this i want you to do this I want you to do this. So for those who don't know about inner inner you challenge, like how did you actually create it? Like what is the platform about and how did you create it? Well, inner you challenge was a 30 day Bible challenge in the month of June that taught you who you are and the purpose that God has for you. No, inner you challenge was the Bible challenge that told you who you are. In August, we did inner purpose challenge and that, since now you know who you are, now we can find out your purpose. But you can't know your purpose unless you know who you are. So back to interview. So um, I created the interview challenge. I have a wide Twitter platform. I don't really have a wide Instagram platform or a wide Snapchat platform. I just have a really wide Twitter platform. But at that time, I only had like 2,000 followers, but I was like YOLO. So... I made the visuals for it. I, I wrote everything that I wanted to do down. And I Inner You was created on May 19th, 2015. And so the challenge was in June. So I had two and a half weeks to get my life together so I could do this. And so I used Twitter. I used Periscope, of course. I used... Um, Instagram, I use Facebook, I use Snapchat, I use YouTube, I use anything that I could talk on, basically. I use like anything. So with creating interview, it was kind of hard because I never have been so organized in my life. Like I had a I had a scripture, questions, everything for each day. Like everything was laid out. Everything like Day one, you read this. Day two, you read that. And I have pictures for it. I had questions for the group discussions we had every day. I had topics to cover when we had our month, our, our weekly study. Like, it was just, I was on my ball game. And it took, in those two and a half weeks, God had to show me how unorganized my spiritual life was so I can get it back organized for June. And so... Creating the interview challenge wasn't the hard part. Maintaining it was the hard part. Because now I have to be selfless. Like, I have to let people in because I cannot do this whole thing by myself. So now I have to show people my weak parts. And, you know, once you show somebody the weak side of you, they get, they start to use that against you. And so... That's really how NAU was created. It was mostly all social media platforms. It was word of mouth, too. 
but it was mostly like social media platforms. And now when people see me, all they say is, I used to watch your periscopes. Aren't you the girl from the Bible challenge? And I'd be like, yeah, hey, it's me. Like, and that makes me feel like people really be listening to me. Sometimes I feel like I just be talking to myself, but people really be listening to me. And so it made me think like, God, I don't know why you chose me, but people are really listening to me. So it made me be even more diligent about the challenges to come in the very near future. So um, all of this happened. Is it this year that you started or was it last year? No, it's this year. This year. No, I'm saying I keep saying 2015, huh? I was like, wait. Okay, so <laughs> May 19, 2016 is when the NAU Challenge started. But I gave my life to Christ for real in June 15, 2015. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm looking at my calendar like. Oh, I see. So when I said June 15, 2015, in my head, I'm still thinking like we're in that same year period. But oh, no, this is like this year. So this June that just passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's really fast. Like, he prepared you that fast? I was like, wow, no. it's Godspeed right went, there, girl. <laughs> I went through a year of pure hell to get here. Right. And then some. Right. Like, God yeah. was preparing you in that year. And I'm like, people want to know their purpose so bad. And it's just like, in order for you to get to know your purpose, you're going to have to go through some things. You have to know you. Yeah. And knowing you is not pretty. When God showed me me, I was like, do I really act like that? I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like me. Girl, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. And that's when you really know that like, the Holy Spirit is working and change is actually happening. Because if you just out here kind of like, yeah, I pray and this, that or another, but no change is happening. Then it's not, I don't really know, like, you know, what's really going on, especially with the relationship with God. I don't know. I find that really interesting, though, that, dang, like, so that means that year, like, I don't know, I'm just trying to see, like, how did you, within that year, um, kind or how did God kind of prepare you to get to that point in June? Like, what were you doing? Like, what were the certain things that you were going through? Was there a lot of prayer that was involved? You having to be more diligent with your Bible reading or what was going on with you? Honestly, if we're going to be really, really honest, he prepared me when I was already in sin. He didn't prepare me like in May. Well, he did, but more of my preparement was like in March, in April, when I was drunk and couldn't function. Like that was him telling me, are you tired of this yet? Because you don't look tired yet. Because like, I mean, I was basically going through a family divorce. Like I, the, a bottle of Hennessy was my coping drink. That's what I coped with. So like, it's February. It's Valentine's Day. I'm alone. I'm drinking. Like, he said, you're not tired yet? I wasn't tired yet. March came around. Still wasn't tired yet. April came around. Now, this is when I was tired. I went to this party at school. It's one of, like, our biggest parties of the whole year. And I don't remember it. I remember going. I don't remember nothing that happened there. I got pictures, videos, everything. But I don't remember the actual party. And so that was my breaking point. I was like, I never in my life want to get so drunk to the point to where I don't even remember having fun. 
or even remember anything like anything could have happened to me and I wouldn't have remembered it anything and so that was him preparing me like I'm just gonna let her do her she gonna get tired of it she gonna have to sin is too temporary for you not to get tired of it so when I got tired of it he was right there and he was like okay now let's now let's deal with some things right now and you know he dealt with like my attitude my mind how I dealt with people what I was trying to like the the issues I had with my daddy with the divorce it was just everything he kept dealing with and so when May came around and he told me about this challenge because I don't know if you know what unashamed impact is but you know Brittany Moses, she has this ministry called Unashamed Impact. And they was doing this reset challenge. And I was in it. But I wasn't really reading what they was reading. But one day God was like, read the scriptures for that day. And I did. And he was like, now I want you to do a Bible challenge for young people. I said, ain't nobody finna listen to me. I was like, come on, God, we've been down this road. Buku times. These people gonna think I'm a joke, a hypocrite. They not gonna listen to me. And he was like, just do it. So I did it. The goal was just 50 people because I knew people would not listen to me. Because I know, like, from past, me being on fire for God, like, when I was a junior in high school, I first got my life, gave my life to Christ, I had this conference call. And, like, 3,000 people from all over the world got on it one night. How did they even find out about it? I don't know. I was just a junior in high school. But so many people found out about it. And then I got back to school in my senior year and fell right back into my sin. So it was like a constant, I'm on fire, I fall. I'm on fire, I fall. So my goal was just 50 people. Like, okay, God, if I can just have 50 people, I'm going to be content. And I can just do this 50 people. But God was like, you thought. And it ended up being over 700 people involved. And I was just like, what did I do to like deserve this? Because not less than a month ago, not even a month ago, I couldn't even remember a party. And so in that preparation to June, I was like on my face a lot. I cried, I prayed, I prepared. But the one thing God always told me was, you'll be so caught up in what you don't do that you're going to miss what I'm telling you to do. So I prepared, but my sin was my preparement. Like it got me ready to like be diligent and be serious. So that's really, besides like prayer, fasting, reading my Bible, I did all of that stuff because I mean, I can't lead a Bible challenge without doing it. But nothing really prepared me than me saying I'm tired, honestly. Dang, like that's, I've never heard of that before. That my sin prepared me. Honestly, like, that's... I don't know. Like, I appreciate you for coming on because... <sighs> you're just so real. And you show, like... The real parts of what happens to people. Like, this is what this whole podcast is about, to be honest. Like, I'm not here really to just... You know, oh, you know... Like, it's good if somebody just prayed and found, like, their purpose and whatnot. But you, you went through life. And it's so cool that you can come on here and share that and be honest. And I'm sure a lot of people are probably going to look at that um, 
like oh i was prepared through my sin thing and be like that don't sound too right but i get what you're saying like I hear it was more saying. so like my sin pushed me closer right than drawing me away right it kind of made me like because once you get a fire for god like it's not gonna ever go away it may die down a little bit but it's not gonna go away so when you sin it's like a fish out of water so of course you feel bad and you can't get to the point to where you make yourself numb to your sin i have never gotten to that point i never want to get to that point every time i sin even now i feel bad but i'm saying like when I say my sin prepared me, I'm saying it took, like, God is like a GPS. It took me making the wrong left turn, passing my exit, doing all this other stuff. He kept just rerouting me, rerouting me back to where he wanted me. And it took all those reroutes to get me here. And I'm not even fully where he want me to be, but as of right now, like, it took a lot of my nose for me to even finally say yes. Mm. So, you know, some people are just, they try to make it seem like their relationship with God is butterfly and roses. And that's not me because that's never, that's never going to be me. I've never been the type of person where I want to seek here and give you this false dream of what a Christian walk is when everybody's walk is different. Right. Like my walk is not your walk. Your walk is not your neighbor walk. Like everybody has a different way of handling things, but we all going to the same destination. We're doing the same thing. We're all colonizing the kingdom, getting ready for the return of Jesus. But while, you know, Jesus returning, that's great. But as of right now, we have a kingdom to colonize. It's people that still don't know God, still haven't accepted him, still haven't started walking in what they want him to do. So, that's that's the goal. The goal is never to seem like I'm this perfect college student because I'm not. The goal is to show you what's real and what's not. Right. And that leads me to my next question, um, especially like, you know, it shows that like you're being an example for others and you're, I don't know, just being a represent uh, yeah, a representative. That's the, that's what I meant to say of just like what the body of Christ really does look like. So what, in your opinion, is the importance of community or family in the body of Christ? Like, what's the importance of that? That's 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 a really good question, because God checked me about this today. Crazy. But family is so important. We have to realize that we are the hands and feet of God, because even though God can do it by himself, he still wants us to do it like he doesn't need us, but he chooses us. So I learned about covenant today at church and it's and it's sticking in my heart like it means so much to me. And it's and it's six different components of uh, of covenant. And, you know, I thought that covenant was just like, you know, something that. You know, we have with God, but today I learned what it really is. And the six parts of covenant is an unbreakable agreement to come to become one with, to share all things at all times, to cover and to war alongside with. And that stuck out to me because it's like it, we can't expect God to do those five things to us. 
if we don't do those five things to his people. Like we will cut somebody off so quick, like so quick. And forgiveness does not mean friendship. Forgiveness does not mean we get back together. Forgiveness does not mean that everything is rice and gravy. Like it, there, forgiveness is a peace in your heart, knowing that you won't hold that person to what they did to you. That's forgiveness. For You don't even have to verbally say you forgive them. You never have to tell them that you forgave them. If you feel it in your, if you have this peace in your heart about that person, I'm not talking about when you're on social media and you see them, you be like, I can't stand them. Keep scrolling. That's not forgiveness. You have to deal with that right there. But we as the body of Christ, we have to understand that when our brother or sister falls in sin, we have to stop talking about it to other people. We have to cover them. You know, when Abraham got drunk in the, um, in the vineyard after the ark, when he got drunk, one of his sons came back and told his uh, told his brothers like, y'all, daddy in the tent naked. And the other brothers went and covered their daddy and walked backward so they would not see their dad drunk. That's that's a covenant. That's that's family. When I see you in your sin, but I'm gonna cover you and I don't even want to see what you did no more. We just gonna leave it at me covering you. Don't even worry about it. You fight, I fight. We're going to ask questions later. But as of right now, as your brother, as your sister, I'm standing alongside you. And I'm warring with you. Nobody going to come in between us. I'm here to cover you and to love you. And once the body of Christ realizes that we're here to cover, it'll be way more peaceful. Way more, way more work will get done when we realize we all on the same team. And not on different teams. And so when we get to that point, that's the real meaning of family. We all on the same team. We all doing the same thing for the same person. We're not against each other. We're here fighting for the same thing. So that's my personal opinion and with inner you, I try to help them understand that this is your sister. Inner you is not just for women, but it seems like only women are in it. I just want to throw it out there. It's for men too. But I'm saying like as of right now, we all we have mostly women. So I try to emphasize the fact that this is your sister. You do not let nobody uncover your sister. I do not care what your sister did. Your sister may have robbed a bank. Don't let nobody go around talking about your sister robbing their bank. That's your sister that you're in covenant with. And we have to learn how to protect and love and correct. In private, mm -hmm. you go deal with your sister. Mm -hmm. Sister, you was wrong. You should not have robbed that bank. You know you should you shouldn't have did that, but in public you got your sister back. You're not gonna let nobody talk about your sister. That's your sister. And when we get to that place of unity where publicly we stand up against the enemy, but privately we correct with the Holy Spirit, we will be far greater people. Far greater people. 
wow like you definitely opened my eyes especially to um like your idea of community and family like that's so true it's like i don't know i was actually having a conversation with somebody else and the idea there goes the idea of like if somebody like wronged you for example you pray for them like in your case like if that's my sister that's my brother and they may have wronged me i'm still in covenant with that person therefore i still pray for yeah. them even if they did something wrong i still pray for them and it's so easy for us to kind of just ignore that and you know cut people off yeah cut people off and be and worry about self yeah know? like i gotta put me first right me go first and not saying that you do not go first because in certain situations you have to step back and be like what about me but what about you if you are trying to put you first you have you and god are one person so what would god do would he cut them off no he wouldn't he would I would feel like if a situation like that, forgiveness does not mean friendship, and you could love them from a distance. They don't have to be in your face every day. You don't have to settle to be around them. Like, please understand that I'm not saying don't cut people off. I'm saying get to the point to where in your heart you have a peace about them and what they did you to where you no longer hold how they hurt you against them to where you can have a conversation with them and hatred doesn't arise in your heart. That's the place we have to get to. I'm not saying some people don't need to be in your life and you put them there. So, but I'm talking about those people that like, for instance, I have two best friends and they're not on the same level with me spiritually, but I would never leave my best friends behind ever. I don't care if I am a million dollar minister out here in these streets like i'm out here <laughs> preaching i got money like i don't care mm -hmm. like my best friends are not gonna be stagnant because i didn't open my mouth right so my best friends already know what the deal is like i tell them all the time you're not gonna stay here i'm gonna always be here for you i don't care if you in this sin until we graduate college but you're not gonna stay there mm -hmm. what's in me has to get off on you eventually they, you know how people be like, uh, what they say? They be like, spirits jump from person to person. Like, you could get somebody's spirit inside right. of you. Mm -hmm. Well, I got the Holy Spirit, so you're going to have to get it eventually. <laughs> True. Because there's no way that you could be around me for so long and you don't get it. True. Because light don't attract light. What's in me going to have to get in you eventually. So keep hanging around. True. I don't even have to preach to you every day. My whole lifestyle is a book of the Bible. So go ahead. It's going to have to come eventually. Mm. And that's why we have to be, we have to stop being so quick to cut off our ungodly friends. Like you don't have to be around them every day, but what's in you have to get off in them. So stop being so scared to talk to them. And it don't have to be about God every five seconds. That's going to push them farther away. Have a genuine conversation. Have a love. Most people feel like you got to shove a Bible down people's throat to, like, most Christians I see nowadays, they're Bible thumpers. Mm. That's all they want to talk about. Not right. saying that is wrong. I'm not on here saying that talking about the Bible 24-7 is wrong. I'm saying you have nothing to relate to. Either you talk about repent and go to hell 24-7, 
or you talk about the Bible 24-7. Well, what about the people that don't know neither? Right. What you going to talk about? Sports? School? Music? You have to find something that's a connection between the two. So now you have an open doorway to talk about it. You can't just be out here shoving Bibles in people's throat and expecting them to listen to you. Right. No, I feel you. Jesus was never out here. Like, he preached the gospel, but he was never out here when he saw you. He was like, this is what my daddy said. Every time, he spoke for himself. He didn't have to go out here proclaiming, like, all this stuff to all these people. He preached on the mount. People heard. People talked. And when they saw him, they said, I want what he got. Jesus was never around here saying, listen to what my daddy said, or you going to go to hell. Never. Right. And I feel like that also has to do with, um, excuse me, like a lot of Christians don't really have a relationship. Can we be honest? Can we be honest? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of our brothers and sisters really don't have a personal relationship. It's mainly built on what the pastor said on Sunday or what their parents told them. But most people Mm -hmm. have not actually read the bible themselves because if it's one spirit one accord if the same spirit that lives in you lives in me we should be on the same accord on certain things like what you just said when it comes to like bible thumping like some of us don't have anything else to talk about either it's condemnation or oh here's a bible verse but it's just like if that person don't even know god like what is a bible verse gonna do what does that mean for that person you know what i'm saying like I think for me, um, this semester has been something that God or a time that God's been working on me, especially with relating to people a lot, like a lot more, because I was like, wow, like I for me, like your your testimony is so amazing to me. And I'm like, I didn't go through something like that. For me, I was like, I, I knew God from a young age. So it's it's a bit different for me. I haven't gone through like life in the in those ways, you know, but. I feel like God has been opening up my eyes to a lot of people who have gone through like life in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like now I'm learning. Like for me, like, I try to keep an uh, ear open to a lot of different things. Like, f- for example, a lot of my friends. Well, let me not say a lot of my friends, but my friends have friends who are into, I don't know, tarot cards or they're into Ouija boards or they're into their atheist or they're um you know, or I have friends like that, too. And it's just like, instead of me being like, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to learn about it. I'm like, teach me like, which, like, OK, this is what you do. OK, so explain why do you do this? So now I have a better like perspective of the way that they think. So then when it comes to me talking about God or whatever, I, ha- I can come from a different approach. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or good. anybody else that's outside, like that I don't know. And maybe God comes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it won't come off as like, oh, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, this or another, you know. I don't know. The Bible has, or not the Bible, but the gospel has to be, ta- like, done with care and grace. Yeah. You know, you have to, it has to, it's not something you can just sell. You can't just sell it. It, it. Like, it's one of those things that, it's not even something that you really even have to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like, people should be able to see off you that something is different you know and then they're gonna start inquiring about you like oh, okay like what are you doing what's what's how why are you so different or you know what i'm saying like yeah so it's just like i don't know the gospel should be carried with a lot of care and a lot of grace it's not the way some of us are doing it out here is just just wrong you're doing all of this 
right? You have this ministry that's going on. You have a lot of people, 700 plus people um, within your ministry. How do you maintain a relationship with Christ? Like, how do you maintain a solid relationship? And have you felt it harder to maintain a personal relationship due to the amount of work you have to do? And if that's the case, like, how do you combat that? I hope that wasn't too much. No, college and the ministry on the side is college is stressful enough. Right. Like that's that's enough. But then to have another ministry on the side, it's like I have all these things I have to do for school. And then I have to keep creating content for y'all, which means I have to stay in God's presence to know what he wants me to do. And sometimes I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes my day be so busy where I do not spend time with God at all that day. Mm -hmm. I be like so busy. And it's just like, because I have two jobs. I'm in school. I have a ministry. It's just like I don't have time for me anymore. So now I have gotten into the routine of waking up early. We're attempting to still a process. I wake up earlier than I usually would. I try to listen to my worship music throughout the day because I'm not the type of person who can spend time with God in the morning. That's not me. I'm not going to be focused. I'm not a morning person. So I try to, you know, listen to my worship music, set my tone for the day. I go throughout my day at school. And then when I get back to my room, you know, I try not to take a nap. I try to do my homework and stuff. But when I have that break in between, I try to read my word, watch, watch a sermon on YouTube, just constantly find something that could feed me because I never want to get to the point to where I'm just doing stuff out my own will for my ministry that God gave me. Like, that's my baby. I never want to be out here feeling my baby, feeding my baby Similac milk. Mm. Never. Like, I always want to feed my baby what comes from me. So I try to make a balance. And, you know, it's unrealistic for, you know, people to be like, you can't do this, that, and that while you're in college. Like, that's unrealistic. You have to find a balance. Like, I'm literally living from a calendar right now in my life. And it's really, it's starting to become second nature to where I don't have to live from it anymore. Like, I know what to do at this time, what to do at that time. Like, it's easy for me. But the number way, the number one thing I try to do is to stay fed whether it's at church i'm getting fed watching youtube videos i'm getting fed reading my bible i'm getting fed i try to stay fed like that's how i handle everything i try my hardest to stay fed like it doesn't matter if i don't spend time with god at all that day but i listen to my worship music and i pray at night i fed myself something so i can't like, I get mad at myself. Like, I be like, Kelsey, you know you should have did this, that, and that. But it's like, I'm too hard on myself when God is, like, understanding, not giving an excuse for me slacking off. It's just that I be putting unrealistic goals against myself that I'm not going to accomplish. It's no way possible I could spend two hours with God and I'm in school. Because I have class, and then after class, I be having extra stuff, and it's just like, God is just saying, I need you for this. Just spend time with me right there, right where you at. Stop trying to do everything else and be right where you at. It's more like he's preserving me. 
Like, I go, I'm in this lonely season. I don't like the word seasons, but whatever. I'm in this lonely stage in my life, period in my life, where I don't have nobody, like, companionship-wise. Like, I don't have a man. And, you know, I want to be a marriage counselor, so that's kind of hard to not have nobody. And you want to spend the rest of your life having somebody and helping other people that got somebody. And the other day, my daddy was telling me how God was preserving me for, you know, my purpose. And any dude that try to come along that's not connected to my purpose, it's not going to work. And it looks like nobody wants me when in reality, it's just God preserving me. And so that makes me put my life into perspective. Like, okay, if you're preserving me in my relationship life, maybe you're preserving me in my school life. And I have to stay focused in school. So when I get to where I want to get, when I graduate, it's like, that's why you had me going through all these courses and obstacles and all this other stuff. So the main goal is to remember what's the main goal. Like to remember that it's life outside of my college years. It's a purpose outside of it. It's a plan outside of it. And to make the main thing the main thing and watch what I say. I can't be like school is stressing me out and I'm not, and I'm gonna continue to be stressed out because my words are producing things in my life. So I can't be like school is kicking my butt and then when school kick my butt, I get mad and say more stuff. And I be wondering why school is doing what I'm saying, but I keep saying it. So my goal for this week is to wake up and say, School is not going to stress me out today. Today is going to be a good day. That's my goal to say that every morning. So with first semester winding down, any of you coming out with another Bible challenge next month, it's like, you know, we just trying to get the ball rolling, honestly. We just making the main thing the main thing and watching what we say. That's how I handle it. Awesome advice. Like, awesome, awesome advice. So practical. And I, like, I relate to you on so many levels because, like, one of those moments where God was like, just stop and spend time with me happened to me on Monday because I have all these exams coming up and just a lot of stress, right? And it's true, like, working with ministry along with doing school or any type of, either you're an entrepreneur or whatever, it can be stressful. But it's just like, can you give me that time? Like, I know and I understand all of this is happening, but don't forget the source that gave you all these things. Can you give me that time? And it's funny because, like, when you spend time with God, especially when things are chaotic, you, it's like a peace just comes over you because you know that God has your back. You know, and and it's like it's like he knew that you needed that time with him because of course he did, because it's just like if you had continued doing what you were like, how you were going, maybe you wouldn't have been able to do things as successfully or you would have tired yourself out. You would have definitely I know for me, like I'll speak for myself, like when I get too like frantic or whatever, like all right, something needs to change. And the thing is, I'm trying to adopt that idea of. Like, let me spend time with God, even though that things are kind of 
hectic around me and I have so many things to do, whatever. Like, let me just give this time to God. I need to, for me, it's like I need to show minutes, up. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Just let me stop everything and just right. focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just yeah. like, let me show you that I don't, like, I didn't forget you, God. Like, I did not forget you. And I will put you first before all of these things because you gave all of these things to me. And it's true, like, even I feel you, like, with, um, like, you say, like, you like to listen to your praise music and then listen to a sermon. Like, that's just been me for for so long now. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was telling my friend yesterday, I was like, all I talk about with y'all is God. <laughs> like, that's it. But that's because mm-hmm. that's all I consume myself with. Yeah. That's all I consume myself you with. You put out what you get in. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, and because the thing is, it's true. Like, I don't want to do things out of my own flesh or, you know, out of my own will. I want to make sure that everything, every step has been ordained by God. Yes, you know, you or at least I'm getting guidance as to what I should be doing, you know? Yeah. So I definitely understand what you're saying on that. So since you decided, you know, you've made yourself basically available at this point. Like, you have given your life to for God to use it any way possible. How have you seen God working in your life? Like since you've really made the decision to lay your life down and be like, God, use me in whatever way you want to. How have you seen God like working when it comes to you? Honestly, like, like what I said about the GPS reroute part, like it's so many things that God told me to leave a relationship he told me to leave. Lord knows I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go. I did not want to go because when you with somebody for so long, it's like, is there life outside of this person? Like, I cannot soul ties. Right. And when I left the first time, interview came about. I went back. Interview became a second priority. I left again. For real this time. And it's been a good look. It's It's been. But this time when I left. You know. God didn't even tell me to leave. I already knew what I had to do. And it was hard. And it was. Love is a decision. You have to. Decide. When. Decide you're going to love somebody. Like love is a decision. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's none of that. It's a decision. Because your feelings and your emotions change. That's why you have to decide to do it regardless. But if somebody is not giving you love how you need it, that's not love. So you can't decide to love if they're not even giving you love. So take a step back, reflect, get my spiritual life in order. And since I've done that, I have seen the inner parts of myself that held me back for so long. Like when I really just let God go, he really showed me myself and I don't like it. So now I have to go back and be like, well, why a discontentment journal? That's what I'm on right now. I'm on this discontentment journal where like the way I'm talking to you right now, I talk to myself like this when I'm just laying in my bed. But then now I'm writing it like, okay, God. It is October 30th, 5.44 p.m. I'm laying in my bed, and I don't know why I feel like how I feel right, right now. But 
such and such, 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 such. And then as the pages unfold, years have passed, I can look back and be like, wow, last year, this time I was struggling with this and I'm over that now. And now I'm on this. So it's like when you give your life to Christ for real, it's like peeling the onion. He's just going to take you layer by layer. And you'll never all your layers will never be over. Like you gonna always have something you need to work on something. So you just got one layer at a time. And currently the layer I'm on is like how I treat people. That's the layer I'm on. Cause like I said, I'm quick to cut people off. I'm quick. I'm quick to block you. I'm quick to cut you off. But God is like, no, not yet. So that is what happens when you give your life to Christ. He will peel you and keep peeling you. And you will see yourself in a new light. You will see him in a new light. You will see people in a new light. You will see his grace in a new light, mercy in a new light. And the fruits of the spirit will start to bear in you. They're already there. They just have to be activated now. So once they get activated, you don't have to worry about somebody coming up against you because you have love and joy and peace and your long suffering. And that is where I'm at. And that's how that's how my life has been since I gave my life to Christ and surrendered. It's peeling the onion back. So mm. I feel you on that. For sure feel you on that because man, God has been showing me me especially within the last year. And I feel you, there are some things I just didn't like. Yeah. I just did not like, like certain things I was very insecure about. And I'm like, me insecure. Like, I don't even know how to say that word. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, no, no, like this, you need to work on that. And just, uh, patience was another thing for me. I don't really have patience and I'm not the most selfless person. So I feel like God has definitely been showing me that, look, like in order to, you know, do what I'm asking you to do, you need to improve on some of these things. And I like that analogy of the onion. I think that and anybody can grasp that idea. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's never going to end. Like, there's always going to be something that yeah. we have to work on. Like, we're something. never perfect. <laughs> never. Yeah. So I like that. I like that analogy. I like that a lot. I do. Do you have any advice, like anything else that you want to mention to people that you feel like people should hear? Like anything that you feel like anybody listening, either somebody who's in the church or not in the church, like what, what do you think they should know? Stop renting your parents' faith and buy your own. Mm. Okay. Because at the end of the day, you are sitting here arguing with people about what your mama taught you and mama ain't teach you everything that she know because she learned it from grandma. So none of y'all really know. So you sitting here getting mad about something that somebody said when you don't know for sure yourself and you go ask your mama about it and she don't know for sure. You go ask grandma. She don't know for sure. You have to get to a point to where you know God for yourself where you have a version of the Bible that you can understand. 
I'm not talking about King James, New King James. I ain't talking about none of that because everybody can't understand that. I'm talking about find a version of the Bible that you can understand. New Living, Amplified, English Standard Version, like anything that you could get, get it. Read it for yourself. Know who you are. Know that God has a purpose for you and know that at the end of the tunnel is light. Regardless of what stage in your life you're in, what season you're in, at the end of the tunnel is light. And if you're at the light, just know there's another tunnel coming. Wow. You either go into the tunnel, in the tunnel, or you're out the tunnel. But just know it's tunnels after tunnels because in tests and trials is preparation for the next season. So if you're going through something in this season, it's only preparing you for the next season and the next season. So don't get too comfortable like, I tell people this all the time. Don't get too comfortable being single because you're not going to be single forever. Mm. You being single right now is preparing you for your husband. But don't get too comfortable to where, you, where you're where so single that you forget that you have a husband out there somewhere. And you start to hide yourself. You don't have to hide to be single. Enjoy your singleness, but don't hide. Enjoy your lonely season, but don't hide. Go out and live life, even if you come back and it's just you. Enjoy the season that you're in and don't hide. That's the best advice I could give anybody because I just gave it to myself. <laughs> Aren't those the best advice, the ones that we say and it's like, oh, wait, that applies to me. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. And that was... I have, like I've asked people for advice on this show, but that was definitely I think my favorite. Yeah, I think that was my favorite because it's just so real and it's so applicable. Like for real, y'all. Like we have to really get to know God ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we have to get to know God for ourselves. Oh my gosh, because that was I'm telling you, man. It's like you were in our conversations too. Like I swear I'd be talking about all of this stuff, and every guest I bring on brings up something that has been been a reoccurring theme for me in the week. So I 100% agree with what you said. I don't think anybody could come against that. So that is the end of the podcast, and I just want to say, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. Like you, girl, you just really shed a lot of light. A lot of Thank light. Thank you so much. Glory to God. I appreciate the opportunity. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Like, you educated me. You educated so many people. And just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're Man. doing, girl. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. How can we stay in contact with you? So if anybody here wants to be a part of Interview Challenge or find you on Twitter or wherever, how can we stay in contact with you? Well, this is a thing. (laughs) Um, I am currently not on social media right now, but you can still follow me. I will promise you when I get back on, I'll get back to you. But matter of fact, when you send me the link to this, I'll be on it for a couple, maybe a day, and then I'll be back on. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, my name is Kels the Great with the underscore, simple. Kels, K-E-L-S, the great. Great is not spelled no fancy kind of way. It's just great with the underscore. If you want to um, be my friend on Facebook, my name is Kelsey Leanne. 
on Facebook. Kelsey is K-E-L-S-E-I. Leanne is how you spell Leanne, but only one E in the lead part. Um, if you want to be a part of NRU, you can email us at interview365 at gmail.com or you can go to our website, rootedinlove.wordpress.com and sign up for the daily subscriptions to our weekly blogs we send out. That is ways to get in contact with me. I'm a very easy person to get in contact to. I give my number out freely. So if you don't want to talk to me via social media, you can just still DM me. I'll give it to you. No biggie. All right. And I'll put that all like when I write the description, I'll put it all in there so everybody can see that because I think everybody should be a part of it. And I need to be a part of the new challenge, too. So, yes, girl. Awesome. Awesome. We're doing a Bible challenge in the last week of December, the first week of January. Bringing out the new year, bringing in the new year. Okay. It's going to be like restore Bible challenge. I don't know yet. I ain't got all the details of the name yet. But yeah, it's going to be about restoration and you setting the tone for your new year, basically. Perfect. So. Perfect. All right, y'all. That's it for the podcast. Um, if you like the podcast, please rate it on iTunes. Um, you know, you can rate a review if you'd like to. Again, I will post uh, how to actually do that because uh, I know sometimes it can be kind of confusing. Um, we are also available on Stitcher now, so you can find the podcast there. If you don't have an iPhone, you can listen to it there. And then, you know, SoundCloud, um, you can also listen to it. So thank you so much for listening and see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did creating it. If you'd like to stay in contact, please follow me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Planter. So T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. And you can also follow the blog and comment and just have conversation with me at theplanter.com. So again, T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R.com. Would love to hear from you. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode.